0: Is the bloody disgusting podcast network?
1: Stop. I just got one question for you, sweetie. Aren't you sleepy? Sleep.
2: Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in from Los Angeles, California. Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more with your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio.
3: I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. I'm Trevor. And we are the
0: Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 117.
3: At time of release, Lauren and I are under quarantine at the Speakeasy Studio and Leo's coming to us from Speakeasy Studio B in beautiful downtown Eagle Rock yeah! home of Glee, yeah, Top Gun Beverly Hills 90210 yes, California University that's right, and the shooting location for
0: Pharrell's happy video,
4: wow that's right <laughs> They should make you Mara. Right. Mara.
0: <laughs> also, the Goodwill Hunting House, the MA Castle, which is where Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon lived and where they wrote Goodwill Hunting. That's which right. Which won the Oscar for Best best Screenplay. I
3: remember when that house went for sale not too long ago. They had been renting that place at the time when they were writing that script. It's a beautiful home. Yep. That's Is that yeah, close yeah.
0: by you somewhere? Yep. Very close. But okay. I can't afford it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> throughout the stay at home order we've been able to bring you new episodes recorded remotely with the miracles of modern technology and today technology turned on us more on that later
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs>
3: i'm so i'm so bummed out from something that happened today and again yeah more on that later as as the situation He's is so continuously b- developed oh but yeah i'm super i'm super bummed so This episode's going to be a a pick-me-up. It was recorded back in the good old days of just a few weeks ago during a time when kids went to school, and you can go to the grocery store without standing in line and wearing a mask, and you didn't have to worry about a damn virus.
4: I want those days
3: What a difference a few weeks make, huh?
4: It's crazy. I'm losing my mind. I'm starting to, like, crack.
3: What would make you feel better?
4: To end this shit. I just want to, like... Either go to Lucille's and like just have dinner and people be there and not have to worry if I'm gonna get some weird virus. And I'd like to go see my friends. And I'd like, most importantly, I would like my kids back in school because this distance learning shit, I need to distance myself from it because I am not a teacher at all. And I I can't get our kids to like focus.
3: It's a big deal yeah. trying to teach your kids. It's hard. I don't think anybody who's got kids listening could possibly have prepared for what it has come to with this. Yeah,
0: yeah. especially when technology is not quite working at times, you know?
3: Right. Yeah. yeah. Like today.
4: Yeah. Like <laughs> during, so during today. Yeah. Today, technology was, I was off. Of, Man,
3: technology. <laughs> I was thinking of Zoom, but okay. Wow technology fucked us today
0: (laughs) yes it did yes it did yeah
3: I hope that we can elaborate on this later after the fact and it's all everything fixed and everything's fine but wow I'm pissed off today wow
4: (laughs) I'm gonna hear about it you guys all all day all week I don't know
3: if I'm ever gonna get over this I would say a box of voodoo donuts would be the cure all right now voodoo donuts Closed. No. <laughs> like, not just for the day,
4: for how, hell knows when it's going to open again. Oh, no. Oh, my God. No. Well, maybe Bree Witch can send us <laughs>
3: Oh gosh That would be Some freeze freeze dried (laughs) Voodoo donuts From Portland Yeah from the source From up in the Pacific Northwest I
4: bet they taste Better up there Yeah though They got
0: different Flavors Oh yeah You know what Sugar grows better Up there (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy
4: We had The honor Of hosting Actor and singer Emily Allen Lind In the studio To talk about Her fantastic New show Sacred Lies The Singing Bones Available on Facebook Watch Produced by Black Television. The season finale is out this week, Thursday, April 9th.
0: She also talks about her role in Mike Flanagan's Doctor Sleep. We try to get her to spill on the sequel to The Babysitter. We go into her family's obsession with horror, her own original music and more.
4: Come play
1: with us forever and ever. Hey, this is Emily Allen Lind. When me and the True Knot aren't busy draining life forces, we listen to the Boo Crew. I try and look at the world the way she might have seen it do you recognize these women these women were murdered maybe you saw them with your
2: dad nobody knows anything about them
1: if nobody's looking for you it's easy to be forgotten Go ahead, scream. That's
2: all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy.
3: Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy Studios, a multifaceted young actor and creator. One of her earliest feature film roles came at the age of five years old in visionary filmmaker Gaspar Noe's 2009 Sitges award-winning Enter the Void. Since then, she's brought countless stories to life for some of the most popular TV series of all time, like Days of Our Lives, 16 episodes of All My Children, Criminal Minds, Flashpoint. She had a role on Maggie Friedman's Eastwick for ABC she won the Young Artist Award for her work in four seasons of the Golden Globe nominated Revenge she played Ariel on CBS's Code Black and many more on the big screen she's been everyone from Keanu Reeves daughter in 2018's Replicas is the Shirley Temple to Clint Eastwood's J. Edgar took on real life ghosts in The Haunting in Connecticut Too was an integral part in the most terrifying imagery of David S. Sandberg's Lights Out helped defeat a satanic cult led by Samara Weaving and McG's spectacular The Babysitter and usher us back to the world of The Shining in her unforgettable role as Snakebite Andy in Mike Flanagan's masterpiece, Dr. Sleep. She is also a phenomenal singer-songwriter. One listen to her single, Castles, released a few months ago, instantly continues the trajectory of otherworldly whimsy that she seems to magically bestow within everything she does. Her work is transportive, absolves you of reality, and simultaneously creates and inspires. The new show is Sacred Lies, Season 2, The Singing Bones. She stars alongside Juliette Lewis and Jordan Alexander. It's available to watch for free exclusively on Facebook Watch and is produced by Blumhouse Television. It is our esteemed honor to welcome... Emily Allen-Lind.
1: That intro was so amazing. I feel like you know more about me than I do. <laughs> I like want to cry. <laughs> well, amazing.
3: Emily, thank you so much for being here and congrats yeah. on the show and thank all you. the insanely incredible stuff that you have been up to recently and that you have on deck.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank My you.
3: gosh, and horror fans, watch mm-hmm. out. There is so much. Yeah. So, you've definitely dipped your feet not only into the horror films and genre films, but evocative horror and genre. Yeah. So, what's your personal relationship like outside of all this as a as a viewer and your earliest memory of being impacted by horror films?
1: Well, it's really interesting because um, you know I just did Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining, and um, the first horror film that I ever remember watching was The Shining. Oh wow! Um, and. I was more scared by, you know, the very, how do you explain it? It was just very psychological to me. And as a young kid that wasn't supposed to be watching it, I was, like, really scared by, you know, all the factors of it that, like, touches on, like, mental illness and stuff like that. I I was more scared by that stuff than ghosts, I guess you could say, like, um, how someone can just turn into a monster. And that kind of stuck with me for the rest of my life. Like, I'm super into horror films, but I I really, really like, like, psychological thrillers. And, and, I mean, that's why, you know, people that appreciated Doctor Sleep appreciate, like, a lot of the same things I do, just because, like, I want to sit there and have the experience for, like, two and a half, even three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Director's cut. Yeah. (laughs) Really, like, exploring the mind of, you know, of real people or, you know, under kind of a fake circumstances but but yeah I've always my entire family's always been in love with horror films my older sister is probably the like like I said celebrates Halloween like 365 days a year (laughs) and she basically introduced us to she's always loved it and it kind of came from my mom but she like loved it what like it just was like when she was born she was like i want to watch Chucky. um and yeah and so she basically like will only watch horror films so anytime that we have a movie night at home which we like always are watching you know old movies or whatnot like she'll only watch horror films like it's <laughs> insane like this like the, you need to meet this girl <laughs> that's so awesome yeah so i i know a lot about it it's very it's been very helpful for my career <laughs> sure you know since i've done so many uh Movies, the and genre films, you know.
3: Yeah, well, you really had a chance. Probably one of the first ones to get your hands really dirty in the genre was playing Heidi in The Haunting in Connecticut. Yeah. too. you're running from the station master. Oh so you're God. locking yourself in a car. You're hiding from go all that the was, like all the tropes, yeah. right?
1: That was an insane movie to film. Like it was. So we were filming in Louisiana, um, and the story was based on a book by the family that it actually happened to it's a true story true story so uh they when they came to set we were actually filming on um a devil worshiping ground for one of the scenes where they do the seance on or they don't do the seance they do the blessing on me and we're like sitting outside it's like they're holding me and they like put you know holy water on my on my uh forehead or whatnot and Literally, the people came that day to sort of like see, you know, see filming and and whatever. And that was the day they picked. That's the day they picked. (laughs) And like they just came on a random Thursday, but then they ended up at a devil worshipping ground. But because they, because the little girl who I was playing, who was like in her late 20s now, was so like intuitive. Like she went into the room on set that was that was supposed to be my room. She was sitting in there, and she basically came to us and said, "Do not." go in that room there is an angry angry spirit there um he's an he used to be in the military and he does not want you in here he does not like how you're decorating the room to be a child's room he's not an angry spirit and he's not going to leave so he wants you to leave and i was literally like seven yeah oh (laughs) my god i was like um but that's the thing, though. It's like she was protecting me. And yeah, I kind of just kind of went method because and just used it because I was absolutely terrified and my character was absolutely terrified. So kind of worked in the end. But I really hope that that spirit's not still haunting. Oh, me. my gosh. <laughs> it's
3: seven years old. No, But
1: it? I was kind of into it, too. I was like, well, spooky. Tell me. More. Sure. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen a ghost? Okay, well, we in New Orleans. I mean, we've always loved really haunted stuff. Like I said, my family's always been obsessed with anything haunted, and so we were staying at this hotel there once, and it was like three a.m. It was supposed to be one of the most haunted or the most haunted hotel in New Orleans, and there it was like three a.m., and all of a sudden, like we just heard this bang, and we all woke up. Like it was mad, like a huge bang, and then we looked over to like the closet like everything and it was open and we we're like what the hell and all of a sudden i i kid you not like i don't joke about this stuff all of the hangers went from one side of the room to the other all at once just completely went across the room and that i was crying like i was like it was younger i was like 10 and i was literally crying all night like i was like there's a ghost we need to get out of here and my sister was like no it's amazing let's let's do a seance like they're here it's finally happening my whole life, <laughs> and I'm like you're you're 13. Shut the go to bed. Um. Anyway, but yeah, so that was like my big experience with that. And you know, I try not to. I mean, I'm obsessed with you know crime podcasts and like you know all of the crazy murders, like the Black and murder and all these places. And like a lot of those places, you can go. You know what I mean? Like the hotel um that I think the Black Dahlia was at, like right there's a really haunted hotel. You guys probably know what it is and people like die there all the time when they go and it's like, actually, like I think it's in LA. Oh, the Cecil. The Cecil? The Cecil, yes. Yeah. Wow. So like, you know, I, I not, my sister, like Natalie, like she would go there but for me it's like, I feel like I don't really want to fuck with that. You right. know what I mean? Like, I mean, they're not fucking with me. I'm just going to stay away from it. But I, I think I do believe in it. I mean,
0: in terms of uh, true crime, what's your favorite uh, case?
1: Um, True crime case. Well, I just actually was, uh, we did a road trip back from um, from Berkeley and we were listening. We always listen to podcasts on the way back because it like really passes time very fast. Yeah. Um, and we were listening to the Black Dolly and Murders. Um, I'm forget forgetting which podcast it was now, but... We, it was it was different than you know pretty surface level. It was kind of going into the case and the person that was accused of that doctor guy that was accused of doing it. And, and then it was the, the it was cool because the entire documentary or not the podcast was from the the these two girls' perspective that were the grand or what was it? It was like the like the grandfather was the guy that was accused of uh, their grandfather who's de- who was dead was a guy that was accused. Of, of doing, uh, of committing the crimes, and they included the Black Dahlia murder. So, um, but he was never, uh, he was never, he never went to jail or anything like that. But he died. But like, there's like kind of new evidence coming out and shit. So that was really cool. But I also, <laughs> all I also really do like. I don't like them. I, I think we can all say that we don't like right. Them. right. Yeah, it's, like like, 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 yeah, like or favorite, something. Right. Like it's like you just you have to. It's interesting to me because it's like I. From, as an actress, too, and like a lot of my character development kind of comes from watching people and kind of seeing the way that they work um, and seeing, you know, the different ways that different people act. And I think that it's really interesting to me for especially for, you know, character reading, you know, to like watch these people watch these like insane, you know, killers and and terrible people you know the with the, the the things that they think and the way that they speak and the tone that they speak in and how they are at certain times in their lives it's it's really interesting to me but but yeah charles manson was a was another one that i was like it was crazy it's another one i'm trying to think like charles manson i was just told i need to watch don't kill cats it, what is that is that oh that I guy from that? canada like a documentary oh, right like yeah. a scary like
3: don't f- um, don't fuck with, don't cats? Don't fuck with, cats. Yeah, with <laughs> cats yeah
1: don't fuck with cats um yeah, that but was. A, I don't yeah. think I can watch animal stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. No. For, I feel like I'm a crazy person, but for some reason, it's like humans. Like you know, at least they've done one thing wrong in their life. They don't deserve it, but like they don't. Like I feel like you're. It's so like normalized because of like you know film and TV and whatnot. But like it's like when it comes to animals, like it's like this territory that you don't fucking cross. Like you know yeah. what I mean. Like you don't go there because they're so harmless and so amazing and like. They have no hate inside of them. They've never done anything wrong. So yeah. it's like, that gets me. I think that guy is a straight
3: up eats a guy in the. Oh, in the, the, uh, well, one as long as he doesn't it's crazy. kill cats. hate people, don't kill cats. It's crazy.
0: Emily, if, if anybody says, hey, check out oh, Three Guys, One Hammer, just don't. What's true, uh, just
1: don't? Oh no! Is uh, that like is that like three girls one cup? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's turning into a different no, podcast. No, <laughs> no, no.
3: It's along the same lines. Oh <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh
1: no! Is it like a fetish? It's, no, no, no. Oh, not okay. no, it's, it's like a fucked up like, torture it's, thing. Yeah, it's humans
0: at, at their worst. Yeah, but yeah, it's a true life murder. You know. Yeah, documented on on
1: camera, similar
0: to this. Yeah, that's one of those. Just like. Don't watch it. Just don't it. watch it. Yeah. It's yeah,
1: just, just not cross this line. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
3: There's something in Lights Out that I absolutely love. Yeah. There's a scene in 2016. You play the teen version of, of the mom, Sophie. There's this iconic photo that you pose with Diana and her umbrella outside. Yeah. yeah. What do you remember about that day taking that picture? I love it.
1: I mean, yeah, it was really cool. I, I was actually, um, I knew a couple of the producers on that film, and um, I think I was. I don't remember what I was filming but I was back for like a couple of days or something like that and like I really wanted to work with them um again or like I really wanted to work with so I don't remember exactly what happened exactly but they were like what can you come in there's this really cool project we're doing right now called Lights Out and we think you'd be a really we'd love for you to be a part of it it's really creepy and you have that you know creepy little girl vibe <laughs> you know you've proved yourself in that aspect so i was like sure um they're like we're filming at a haunted mental hospital i was like great um and so uh i remember it was actually outside of the mental hospital um where we did that little that little photo video thing um but it was really it was it was so beautiful outside on that day but it was crazy because like so beautiful but then like all of a sudden like you look around you and it's like, you know, this abandoned haunted mental hospital. Right. You know, and I just I I kind of I it was interesting to me. It's kind of like when a like a like a, a tree or like a flowers grow in a cemetery, you know what I mean? Like that's what how I felt. Like I felt like the character that I was playing was like really light and then with this like dark background like a flower growing in a cemetery, you know? um and it was it was a really interesting day i think that um i think that it, it was you know it felt very uh haunted there as well by the way just letting you know <laughs> <laughs> like i definitely method for that one because it was really scary like i don't know if you guys have ever been to a mental ha- abandoned mental hospital but like crazy shit went down yeah, there, and, like bet. it was really scary but yeah it was also really fun and it's all fake so, you know, the other girl that was playing dinner or whatever, she was really
3: cool, but she was really scary. Yeah, she looked. From, she looked really scary. Yeah, she looked amazing in that yeah. picture. Yeah, your performance is so hypnotic and powerful in Doctor Sleep, Thank and you. so much of the sinister and dark elements of that entire story. A lot of that really rests on your character, Snakebite Andy, and the you execution know. of that character. Thank you. How did you, how did you get there?
1: I think that when you're surrounded by, you know, Mike and um you know these amazing actors like ewan and rebecca and you know um like have the best of the best in uh, hair and makeup wardrobe everything um you kind of just get there i mean i think that when dr sleep happened i thought that it was sort of like um i don't know like it was meant to be since i had literally watched starting was my first horror movie i'd ever seen in my entire life And I was obsessed with it because I think that to this day, it's one of the best films of all time in any genre. Um, And then when I heard that, you know, Mike was a part of it, I, you know, I fell way harder for the project. And then, you know, as soon as, you know, I was kind of nervous, you know, especially with doing a sequel, even though what it's an entirely separate entity, it's a scary thing, you know. And as soon as I got on set, as soon as I met everyone, it just naturally just being surrounded by those types of actors that just you know know their shit just really good actors um, and really great filmmakers from everyone to the dp to the to the wardrobe like it was such a creative process that i was able to sort of create this snake by andy while also you know touching on the book you know but it's different it's different because they had to decrease the amount from the script to the book because they talk more about the turn on there's different elements actually my character Saint Andy, is older in the book but I, I felt such a creative flow going throughout the entire process because we had this immense freedom to do what we felt came naturally and in the environment surrounded by those people it, it just did it, and that's what you know so yeah, it was one of my favorite projects to ever work on to this day. So,
0: and I was curious. Did Mike Flanagan give you a background to your character?
1: Yeah, I think that I. So I didn't read the. I didn't read Doctor Sleep till after wrapping because it is a really it is a different character. Mike told me that before. Right. Um, he said that it is really different. I I read a lot. I I did read. I skimmed some of the book because I wanted to get the feel for it, but you know, it is a separate entity and it was, it was, like I said, it was very, it was very free, you know? Um, I always say like with directors, you know that they're like an amazing director and it's like in their blood when they don't do a lot of takes. And that's like what I've seen. And I completely understand because like, I doesn't mean that doesn't, that's not like set in stone. Like you can do a lot, whatever, but like Mike had this thing where he we would do a take And it would just it would either do it for four times or a couple like is. So we got there or we just do it once. Like I remember like it's such an important scene. We just did it once. Not because we had timing limits or anything. It was because and I would go up to Mike and be like, are you sure? You know, like, are you sure? Sure. Because and he was like, yeah, no, no, I'm positive. I was like, really? And I and it's you know, I've, I've seen that like with Clint Eastwood when I worked with Clint Eastwood on J. Edgar, I remember like he just knew. You know, you just, you just know, because they, especially when the directors are like very much in the editing process, they just know and they don't have to, you know, but yeah, I I love that. I love Mike. Yeah.
3: You were there for the filming of one of the hardest scenes to watch probably in cinema in a few years. And that was the, the murder of the baseball boy. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, That was, uh, that was hard to watch on set too. Actually harder to watch on set. You know, Rebecca, (laughs) she's so funny. She was like I can do it like you know it's Jacob Tremblay like I mean like he's cute whatever like <laughs> yeah and we're all like he's fun he's cute And because you know what I mean like I, I was like oh, I was I was a kid actor like I know what this is like everyone thinks you're so like you can't handle it and then you just do it and you just you feel like an adult when you're that age so like whatever and I swear to god I have I just don't know they they pressed record like press record they said action and he just the way that he was screaming. I just saw every little kid, every every per- little baby in my family, uh, my little sister, my younger self, Rebecca's kids. Like I saw everyone in this in Jacob's eyes, yeah. <laughs> like literally. And we all started crying. We all no started way. crying, but we had to be like, oh yeah, rah. you look like hungrier and, than or ever. Like, it's or crazy. Like, yeah. Finding it like not like amazing. And literally, dude, like I couldn't not. And Rebecca like literally was like like, had a tear coming out of her eye, but doing the same face, and it was, like, really challenging. And, you know, (laughs) it's insane. It doesn't matter how long you've worked. It's... That's something you don't see a lot. It was definitely needed for the film because you needed to... These characters are very uh, sexy, very um, attractive, kind of almost... Could be easily romanticized. And so I think it was really important... Especially for Mike and even at Steven, like to, for you can have you know these characters be the way that they are, but you need to hate them mm. for this story to work you can't like them you can't there's not one bit of you that you can like them because right. our hero, um, who's played by Kylie Curran, who's brilliant, needs to be this this it, like inside and out amazing person that wouldn't hurt someone if she saw that they had any sort of um Good inside of them, so they needed to be terrible, and I think that that definitely accomplished it.
3: Mm, yeah, definitely. Now, yeah. Mike has a tendency to surround himself with these actors that he picks up along the yeah. way, and you are definitely one of those shining stars. And yeah. do you have any plans to return to the Flanniverse and any of the upcoming? I mean, there's Hunting a Blind Man or Midnight Mass and any other projects yeah, that I are. Mean,
1: I would work with Mike any any day of the week. Like he just. I just had fun on that project, you know, it was just a really good experience and it felt like a family instantly and they're just good people. So, yeah, I, I, I like to work with good people and create cool stuff
3: speaking of cool stuff we'll talk about the sacred lies so this is the second season it's a show produced by Blumhouse who we all know and love making some of the best and most influential horror and genre yes. tv and films around like they did into the dark for hulu as well mm-hmm. so it's available for free on facebook watch so what can you tell us about like the platform itself and what makes it unique
1: i think that facebook's interesting because or unique i guess because it's the first social media platform where you can also watch television and sort of interact with the people that are also watching i find that when you go see a film or even if you watch netflix or something you have a lot of fan bases that will find that find each other on instagram or you know twitter or even facebook but it's such a direct um It just has its its direct correlation to all of the steps that I think really makes viewers interested in watching, which is you know finding the the fan base and kind of talking about the show and um, sort of being completely invested in it with other people that enjoy it. I think that it's super easy. Like I didn't realize how easy it was going to be until I started watching the first seasons of Sacred Lives before I started filming. It's so easy. You just have to go on Facebook, put in the title. And that's it. Yeah, it pops up. It's yeah. literally free. Like, I don't, I mean, that's another thing which is really cool. It's like, it's free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, <laughs> it's a really great platform that I'm actually excited to start using more now yeah. that I know about it.
3: Yeah, there was a, a, I mean, I know that there's a kind of a community that call themselves the Sacred Lies Keepers. Yeah. We're no, very interactive. And it's like, a, yeah, an immersive way of watching these shows, yeah. which is really unique.
1: Yeah. I love it. I mean, I was, I, I was, I heard about that and I started researching it and it's, it's just great. You know, people in any kind of, no matter how it happens, people coming together is also always like a great, <laughs> great, great, great thing to see coming together. Strangers coming together on the internet, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really cool if you look at it like that, you know, it's like, these strangers are meeting each other through a love of a common thing and they're able to talk about it. And, um, I think it's really beautiful, honestly.
3: So this is an anthology series The first season of sacred lives of middle Bligh based on the Stephanie Oaks novel. So what can you tell us about this second season?
1: So what can I tell you about the second season? So basically, um, I can't really tell you a lot about, my character specifically because it's an
3: ongoing mystery an ongoing yep. mystery yeah.
1: and that if I told you it would kill the entire <laughs> you don't have to watch yeah. it um basically it's about this woman played by uh, Juliette Lewis who is this it's funny because I was actually watching the first episode we, we were at the premiere and I laughed I, I laughed out loud from this one line that I didn't see when I was first reading the script uh, she's a telemarketer, Juliette Lewis yeah. character. And so, but she kind of, you know, she she's a detective in her own house. Like, she doesn't get paid for it, but she really likes to uncover mysteries. And then one of the cops in the episode is like... <laughs> this podcast yes. killer yes. like this it's podcast so detective and i just i laughed out loud. i didn't see that in the first one I, that just gave me oh my god it was amazing because yeah. i i feel like i would do the same thing after wa- listening to podcasts and watching these documentaries i want to get i want to slice out like pictures and start putting them on my wall <laughs> like, <Right>. I, <laughs> I can solve detective. this unsolved mystery buzzfeed well, people like, have been doing that bring me yeah. to yeah. your. It's true. You know, bring me on your team, and <laughs> I promise I could tell you. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really fun to see that. I think it's, you know, Juliet brings such a, a fun brings such a fun character for us to watch. It, she's just brilliant in everything she does. but uh, she's so lovable, even when she is this very introverted basically like podcast loving uh fake detective who just she's just in the end just very genuine but basically she she starts getting interested in this case that is basically uh it's a closed case and um that was never solved about these two young girls who lived in the woods who we call cherry falls jane doe's and they, they were never, you know, they were, bad things happened. Um, and so she kind of wants to get to the bottom of it. And on the way, she finds this, this young girl who's played by uh, Jordan Alexander. And they become kind of like a bad bitch, uh, broken detective pair of awesome people. I don't know. But they kind of start trying to uncover this mystery together uh, and it's a really fun it's a fun dynamic that they have and in in the series you kind of go back to to our characters as well in flashbacks and kind of get to meet these people before the bad stuff happened and kind of understand why in small increments and kind of get to love the characters that you want to find out what happened to them
3: yeah that's true I think it really does a good job of I mean it's 30 minutes each episode which is which is really cool too so it's super binge worthy but each of the episodes manages to give some answers to some of the secrets but it keeps you baited with new questions you know that makes you just want to keep going and going which is which is amazing and also music is really a central theme to this it's how we're first introduced to your character as well which is really interesting as you are a musician yourself and the song that kind of plays throughout that is entangled with this mystery is very beautiful too my i guess it's is it called my eyes are wide open is that what it's, it's called? called
1: rise up okay it's a really amazing song i remember when i first heard it they first played it for me before i i went to vancouver and i i just felt this sort of warm sensation go through my body like this is so perfect because it's so beautiful and it can also be so creepy and you know Rael, who's a show showrunner creator writer she was sort of telling us that this was going to be playing uh, through a lot of uh, scenes and it's going to be happening like playing when stuff is scary as well and you know we were like oh cool we well, can't wait to see it but it re- like now after watching it it was like oh my gosh that works so well um it was really fun I got to record that with Siobhan Williams who plays my sister in the show and we became best friends and actually we're both musicians her boyfriend is uh, originally from Hot Hot Heat. Oh, cool. Holy shit. Steve Bayes, and he uh, has an amazing recording studio in Vancouver because they live there. And so on our off time, we just go and we'd like make songs all night and then we'd go to work and and play more songs. (laughs) So as a musician that was like, and an actress that was like, goal, you know, it was like heaven.
3: Yeah. Nice. The the show has an exceptional cast of mostly women and all except for four are directed by women. It's a mm-hmm. real testament to empowering female creatives as well. Yeah. Talk about a little bit about the importance of that and your experience with
1: that. I think it's really important because, you know, after even filming this show, I realized the importance because we're in the middle of such an important movement that's going to go down in history and that our little kids are going to look back at and say Hopefully, say what women weren't like on the same level as men. Like, what people actually had to have a movement for the like, (laughs) it's you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to exist. I mean, quality wasn't a thing, mom. Like, no, actually, listen, like, it wasn't sadly. And so, I think that it's so beautiful for me to be surrounded by 100% able, have always been able to um creative geniuses like I was on this show um and the fact that they're women like that doesn't you know even shouldn't even cross anyone's mind actually because it's like it's about equality you know and it's like they are some of the best I mean the fact that they are women they're some of the best people I've ever worked with and I'm not going to say they're better but I'm saying that they were so brilliant and um and yeah it's really it's really fun to see as a woman that wants to eventually go into directing and filmmaking and just knowing that those opportunities will be available for me. Um, it's so important for little girls too. watching, you know, it's like, look what, look what that girl did. Girls Mm -hmm. are amazing. You know, they are. Well,
3: I want to talk a bit about your, your music as well. I mean, that, that single you did called castle. So what can you tell us about the future of that for you?
1: So (laughs) there has been a lot of stuff going on, right? I mean, lately, uh, with, My with my acting career and stuff. I'm actually about to head up to New York to do uh, the uh, the Gossip Girl continuation. Yeah, we've heard about that. That's amazing. Congrats on that! Really excited. Yeah. So I mean, we've been very busy, but I work with Cool Kojak, who uh, is an amazing producer, and and um, and Tiz himself, who is his partner as well. And we have we have basically an entire album done. It's just finding the right times to release it. I I think that there is there's so much more I want to say in my music, and I the, I find such a I just need to do it at the right time, I guess, because I want people to for it to be relevant for what's happening in the world as well. Um, I have a I'm just constantly writing new stuff, and as an indecisive artist, as I think a lot of musicians are, it's writing, making it, it's done. Okay, throw it out. Let's start over. Um, and that's sort of like how i've always been with music since it's it's such a, a vulnerable thing for me it's like acting you know you, you show up you do it like they tell you what to say they tell you what to do it's still very immersive but it's you 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 go on set and it's you're not yourself though you know it's you're you're saying what someone else wrote it's not you for for music it's always been like this is really scary because this is me yeah an intimate. people thing. don't like it they don't like me, or like. <laughs> so it's you know it's different, and it's just about putting in the the patience and not rushing it. But yeah, new music soon.
3: Very exciting. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, the sequel to the babysitter. Let's not forget. <gasps> yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. By the way, uh, <laughs> I know you're
1: tight-lipped really on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't, like, say, can't, can't say. say. <laughs> no, it's gonna be great. Um, we had we have we have yeah we have all the cast back, and it was directed by Mick G and he's just a riot and such a fun guy to work with and i feel like when we're you know on set we're all just a bunch of big kids running around and making something really fun and funny and it just you know a lot of make sure you like from the first film and stuff like King batch and like all these people they're they're, they're comedians first so on on set we they just we just do takes where we just they'll just like spitfire and just (laughs) go on rants about the funniest shit and then you know it's what it makes it so great you know
3: yeah the first one was so fun it was
1: was so fun and it was just as much fun to film and judah lewis is brilliant and we're still friends and we had even more fun on this one so Oh
3: man! And is there another one I've read about on IMDb? I don't know if there's any truth to it but for sci-fi called Cold Classic. Is that yeah? Is that so a thing?
1: I actually did the pilot uh, for that show about a year ago for sci-fi, and it it didn't get picked up. We didn't. It wasn't continued, um, but it was really cool. Uh, Lauren Michaels created it and was, or was executive producing it, and it was a really great script, and it was really fun to film because it was set in the future. Uh, but yeah, sadly that that, that story won't be uh, won't be available for anyone just yet. I'm sure that in the future, hopefully that that story gets to be told. And
0: sure. if you ever want to make fun of Mick G, just pull up the Offspring video. Pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs>
1: oh my God!
0: <laughs> we'll get a good I laugh out of that.
1: Mick, Mick G is so great because he just he doesn't have like. He doesn't have like he just, He'll he just take a like, Criticism You know what I mean Like he'll just be Like he'll just take Everything as a joke You know he, He's such a He's such a sweet guy He's like a big kid You know He's so fun
3: Awesome Emily Well thank you so much For joining us Sacred Lies, season 2 Of The Singing Bones Produced by Blumhouse Available exclusively On Facebook Watch now A new episode Every Thursday We can't wait To watch this Mystery continue to unfold Thank yeah. you so
1: much That was so fun. That
0: was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 117. Special thanks to our guest, Emily Allen Lind.
3: Follow her at Emily A. Lind on Instagram, at Emily Allen Lind on Twitter. Listen to her phenomenal track, Castles, out on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, and Google Play. And check out Sacred Lies, The Singing Bones on Facebook Watch, produced by Blumhouse Television at time of release. The season finale is available Thursday, April 9th.
4: Production tracks... Provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying, "Stay safe, stay healthy, and sweet screams."
2: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by. Lauren Chen, chopped and sliced by Trevor Chen. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.
0: Bye! Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full-cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepypastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.